This podcast is sponsored by Xgrowth. Xgrowth is the APAC ABM agency. If you and your organization are looking to land and expand enterprise mid-market deals, Xgrowth is the agency to help. Xgrowth works with a wide range of international and global technology vendors, service providers, and B2B SaaS companies. If this sounds like some of your interests to know more about, make sure to check out Xgrowth at xgrowth.com.au. That's xgrowth.com.au and chat with the APAC ABM agency. What's up, marketers, and welcome to another episode of the Growth Colony Podcast. I'm Liza from Xgrowth to tell you that each episode we bring in B2B leaders to chat about how you can achieve those everyday wins in the marketing world. Whether you're new to the B2B game, working at a leadership level, or even just showing some interest, we know you'll love the episode. So grab a drink, get comfy, and enjoy the show. Hello everyone, welcome to another episode. I'm Shaheen Hoda with Xgrowth and today I'm talking to Luca Stefanis, Head of Marketing Asia Pacific at Kindrel. We're talking about how you can make your budget go further in 2023. And if you are in the B2B space, especially in the tech space, you know that's going to be a key component for this year with everything that's going on from layoffs and budget freezes and, and budgets being tightened. So on that note, let's dive in. I'm super excited to have this conversation. Luca, thanks for joining us. Thanks, Shane. Pleasure to be here. Let's dive into the meat and potatoes, Luca, and I want to hear about how you're approaching this at Kindrel. So when it comes to basically doing more with less, the conversation starts to focus on efficiency and effectiveness, usually. How are you approaching your marketing strategy for this year so that you could, you could incorporate both of those and hit those, uh, hit those elements in, uh, in, in the coming year? Good question. And uh, look, before uh, diving into effectiveness and, and efficiency, I think I want to uh, stop a little bit uh, on your first uh, point, which is uh, doing more with less, which is actually something we are, uh, we are hearing uh, all around. I have a slightly different perspective, at least in terms of uh, when it comes to marketing. I think it's important to, to, to pass the message that is not about doing more with less. I think it's more important to shift the conversation about achieving more, which is more important. Sometimes we have marketers that are measuring themselves in terms of a volume of activities, how many things... They are, they are doing a number of events, a number of participants. I keep telling my leaders and their teams, do less, but more relevant and impactful. So I think this is going to be key as we are going through this, uh, this phase in the, in the industry. Then when it comes to effectiveness and, and efficiency, I think uh, let's start first with effectiveness. The key element to me here is... Uh, working in a close partnership with sales and being absolutely crystal clear about priorities, goals, and agreeing on metrics to, to, to measure progress. I think if you have a disconnection in terms of what are we trying to achieve, what are the priorities, that's where you are starting to, to be less effective in, uh, in what you are trying to achieve. 
I think, uh, just to give you a, a, an example, where this uh, partnership with sales becomes absolutely critical. Uh, account-based marketing is a big uh, is a big topic in the technology, in the business-to-business uh, space. I think that's uh, it has been the bed discussed in, in any forum, in any roundtable that I that I mean. And usually, the, the conversation is about what from marketing can we do different and better to, to make account-based marketing yield more and be more uh, more effective. I think after uh, practicing leading account-based marketing and after having been in, uh, in a lot of this uh, discussion, I, I think I came to the conclusion that we are, we are not driving the right discussion when we focus purely on marketing. I think uh, account-based marketing is a function of three elements, sales, marketing, and time. If you don't have these three elements, Time is allowing enough time for uh, account-based marketing to work. Account-based marketing is never a quick fix, uh, is never a quick win. You might have in a journey some quick win that you are uh, happy and excited about, but it's really a long-term journey. And when I say it's a function of sales, it's not just a matter, t- a matter of account prioritization, which accounts we we go after which accounts uh, we, we prioritize and we focus on, either in a one-to-one or one-to-few cluster approach. But really going down to the, to the account level is about working, sitting down with sales leader and having absolute clarity on what is their strategy. Where do they want to be one to three years from now? Where, where are the growth areas, the growth opportunities they are, they are seeing? What are the key stakeholders they need to start engaging and build a relationship with? And then you can build a, a marketing plan that is supporting these goals and these objectives. But if you don't have this level of clarity, you will just waste resources. You will do activities and things that are, instead of being focused, will just... Uh, might, might be might have some yield, might have some, might have some results, but uh, uh, the outcomes could be absolutely random. And look, and course, if I, yeah. I want to I interject there. I want to interject there yeah. and, and ask you this, because, I mean, I, I, I love the fact that you're, you're kind of explaining this through, for example, the lens of ABM. One of the things you said is, hey, it, it, time is a factor. And I lo- I was actually expecting you to say something different. I was expecting to say, hey, it's marketing, sales, and customer success. But I really love the fact that you talked about time. And I, and I, and I do agree with you that it does take a lot time, uh, longer. You might have success faster and in, in, in certain situations early on. But really, the planning should be for, for long term. But what is what is your what do you think and what is your response for a marketer who says, "Hey, I really need to show results. The, 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 the leadership is on my back, and we just had redundancies, and now I am responsible for something." I, I was speaking to a from a very large organization, a, a marketing uh, head of marketing for ANZ from there, and they are like, "Hey, now I'm I'm not even responsible for pipeline. I'm responsible for revenue." which is all good, but the pressure is on for a lot of marketers. And whether that's wrong or right, let's let's put yeah. that aside. 
let's assess it from the fact that it is the situation that a lot of marketers find themselves in. What is your advice to in that situation where some people are worried about, hey, if I go and say this is going to be a two year program, I'm going to get kicked out of the room. What are your thoughts on that on that front? Yeah, yeah. Look, there are uh, there are two elements to this. Good point. One is uh, it really depends actually on the context and the business model. I was talking more from a um, large services organization. If you are in the small transactional space where you need to uh, volume of leads uh, and uh, every day you need to create leads for uh, 10, 15, 20K, that's a different game. That's a different game. Here I was specifically focusing on, uh, on account based marketing and larger deals. Account based marketing from a, a services uh, large deal perspective. Uh, but but, but look, I'm, yeah, it's, I'm, it's point. I'm hearing point. that. I'm hearing point. that from larger deals as well. But no, please, please go ahead. On your second point is okay, but still, two years is uh, is uh, is too long. Well, first we don't need two years to to see progress. Are we building new relationship? Are we starting to enable discussion on new new areas where before we were not invited at the table? Are we starting to see leads generated from these new relationship and new discussions that we are having with the clients? That's where uh, then a lead is not a signed deal. But within the, the time frame which you want to give yourself, 12, 18, 24 months, I think it's, it's important to build a journey and then to show progress at each step in the journey. And uh, of course, no one has patience to, uh, to wait for uh, two years uh, to, to see some results, rightly so, because it would be wrong. But the point is to track, measure progress and show progress. And show progress on what has been agreed with the sales leaders. Did we agree that building new relationship is critical on these three areas, cybersecurity, AI and automation? Okay, let's focus on this. Let's enable this and see. And then we, we can start about building pipeline of opportunities in these areas with these stakeholders. I love that. I love that. So, so create create KPIs and success metrics for the, the, the right timeframes so that you can yeah. show, create those short-term KPIs, create those mid-term KPIs and create those long-term KPIs yeah. to, to show progress. Okay, got it. Love that. On the second element, uh, your, uh, your second element uh, of the equation, the efficiency side, I think... Uh, it's going to be imperative through this change because we are going through we are all going through some change i think it's going to be critical to 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 have a growth mindset at the leadership and the professional level at any level in the organization we need people that are embracing change that are open to try the new to experiment we need an environment that is eventually tolerating failure because trying the new and embracing change doesn't always come immediately with, uh, with success. But that's uh, the kind of uh, uh, attitude that we need in, uh, within the marketing organization. And another critical element, uh, I think, uh, it's, uh, is to find the right balance, which might di- be different from the past, uh, between uh, localization and centralization of uh, or standardization. Because this is going to be a critical point. 
Okay, and I want to and I want to dive into that, right? I want to dive into that because I think that is we've talked about this. I think there's a lot of value in exploring that in the coming year. But I think the 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 conversation around efficiency and effectiveness was 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 very interesting. Talk talk growth mindset is 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 another one. Before we we move to localization standardization, I want to very briefly touch on this growth mindset that you talk about. I I, I love if you could if you could define that for me, like, what do you, what do you mean when you say growth mindset? What, what does that mean for you? For me, it means uh, two things. When you're facing uncertainties, don't stop. A lot of people in face of uh, risk and uncertainty, uh, they tend to close and, uh, and resist to, to, to change. We cannot have this. We cannot afford to, to have people that are uh, resisting to change, uh, that are uncomfortable with uh, uncertainties. As uncertainties is a, a racky dimension in our, uh, in our daily job. It was before. It is even more now, given what uh, a lot of companies are going now. Uh, so we need people that are facing these uh, uncertainties with uh, high energy, that are willing to take risk, that are willing to drive change, that are willing to take feedback in the process of the change they are, uh, they are driving. Uh, feedback, learning what, what, what is working, what is not, uh, what is not working, and cross-correcting the, the trajectory. So basically, that's what I mean by growth mindset. Got it. Got it. Okay. That's, that's freezing up in, this, in the face of uncertainty. And, and battling that, I think, is, is such a critical advice. One of, the, one of the things that I have that I say to myself often is take action. Nothing is more dangerous than inaction. And I feel like it goes very hand in hand what, what you're talking about. And, uh, and it's, it's very true in this situation. Yeah. Let's talk about localization standardization. This is an area that you put a lot of focus on. And we've, we've briefly touched on it. Let's first define it. What do you mean by localization and standardization? Look, in any global uh, technology player, there is, uh, there is always a, a tension, and sometimes it's a positive tension, between uh, global functions and, uh, and local things. Global functions are uh, trying to, to drive uh, top-down execution with a one-size-fits-all approach. Local teams, they are always trying to reinvent everything from scratch, saying, no, sorry, it doesn't work here because of the culture, the client, our go-to-market, the sellers. So many reasons, <laughs> so many excuses we are, we are hearing. And I'm, by the way, I will defend a lot our field marketers in the company. <laughs> because I think they have the most critical job and the most difficult job. So I don't want to blame on them. But th so there is a, there is this tension, uh, which, and, and we cannot uh, hide, we cannot uh, shy away from, from the fact that there is this, uh, this tension. I think that the, the key element is, uh, is uh, to transform this uh, tension in a positive energy that can uh, drive the, the efficiency and the effectiveness uh, that we are talking about. I think uh, a few elements to, to transform the tension into some positive energy. First, I think everyone, 
starting from the ones that are sitting in the headquarter, which is usually very, very far from the client, is to be truly client-centric. We need to find, we need to have mechanism in place to really understand clients, listen to their needs, and the field marketer needs to engage the clients. That's the, the first element. The second element is to create an environment where the best ideas win, wherever they are created. And then when a good idea is showing to be, showing to be impactful and successful, then replicate and scale. No one should, and this is true both for the, is true for both the, the global team and the local team. We all suffer from the syndrome of not invented here, okay? I think we should get past this and create an environment where best ideas win and just replicate a scale. And then these ideas should, should move from an idea that has been successful once with a client into a platform. A platform that attracts client is enabling the field marketers in the country to engage clients in a relevant way with a simplified execution model. Simplified execution model because we'll, uh, we will operate likely, or companies will operate likely, with uh, fewer resources. So if this is the case, it's imperative to have a simplified execution model that is not putting too much burden on the field marketers. I see. I see. So, so think of, from, from, from HQ, think about a more standardized approach. First of all, number one is think about the customer more and think about how you can kind of get into the head of the customer because you're usually removed from the customer, but then think about how can you standardize that approach so that the, then the localization cost is drastically reduced and, uh, and, and that process becomes a lot easier because you're right. Like there's a lot of content that HQ produces and by the time it reaches the field marketer, it's like, no, nah, I'm not going to use this. And you got a lot of wasted energy there. You also talked about the best ideas winning. And, and I want to talk about examples. I'd love to hear if there are certain examples that we can touch on where it ticks the efficiency, effectiveness, but also this localization standardization box. Does anything come to mind with regards to your own role and what you're doing at the, uh, at the company? Yeah, one example, one story that I want to share is, um, is a project, a program we ran uh, last year with The Economist in partnership with The, with the Economist, a program to, to scale client advocacy drive brand awareness and strengthen our relationship with, uh, with key decision makers. It's a thought leadership program, Profiles of Progress, The Economist, you can check it online. It's a very nice digital platform, so we also had uh, a lot of print. And through this uh, program, uh, through this uh, platform, we, we invited some of our most relevant clients just to share their personal story, their leadership style, the impact they are having in their companies and the society, providing them a stage to really shine, strengthening their eminence and tell our story and tell their story uh, and tell their story. As you can imagine, 
the fact of uh, running this in partnership uh, with Economist was a stronger pull factor. The Economist is a, a small but uh, strongly recognized brand, a very powerful brand. It's, uh, it was a project that uh, started here in, uh, in Asia Pacific and kudos to the global leaders that uh, gave us uh, freedom to, to run and execute this, uh, this uh, project. The project had uh, initially very ambitious goals. And the ambitious goal was to, uh, to bring, uh, to attract in this platform uh, 30 clients. And uh, when, uh, when I was uh, presenting the, the initiative, even before we were getting started, some people were smiling, were smiling at me. Uh, yeah, this little kid, uh, yeah, let's try. <laughs> see, see where you go. Well, six months later, we ended up with uh, 39 clients on board. And guess what? This, it's not just uh, 39 clients from Asia Pacific. Because at some point, uh, we decided, okay, it's good. It has been, uh, it's proven that it's uh, helping, engaging uh, key clients. So let's expand this program to any region in the world. And then we had clients from Europe, North America, Latin America, everyone benefiting from, from a platform where it's easy to put on the table of the client a proposal. It's easy to, to execute because an external party is running the, the operation to booking the client, running the interview, producing the producing the profile. That's what I mean by, by platform. That's what I mean by with the concept of the best idea win. That's what I mean by creating something that, that is easy to execute in, uh, in the country and is uh, overall really is, uh, is run with a very simplified execution model that is making the life of a film marketer, film marketer easy, but with the opportunity for him and uh, his uh, client leader, his managing partner, to be very relevant when engaging the, the account. That's very fascinating. First of all, 39 clients for an organization like Kindrel is amazing because we're not, again, we're not talking SMB, we're, we're talking enterprise space, commercial space. And, and that is, um, that number is fascinating. I, I also, I'm also curious, Luca, what, I, I get the concept where you you kind of provided that platform for existing clients, which is fascinating for them to share their story and share the, 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 the their learnings. What was the how did the team use that once you know an article was published and came out? How did how was that used in some of your own internal communication and leveraged by the field marketers and by by the team on on the ground? That's uh, that's one of the good part of this story. It's not much about uh, internal communication. It's, it's more about uh, social amplification. And, uh, and the best thing that, that happened is that, uh, yes, from our side, uh, we did our own part of social amplification, which uh, had a lot of traction and was uh, successful. But the best part is that clients themselves, they did social amplification because they were proud of this stage. We were proud of this opportunity. We're proud to share their story. From a humble beginning to I grew up, I learned this, now I'm transforming this, 
I really see a purpose in the work that I do and my company is doing. So uh, really a collection of beautiful stories that uh, each of the client was really proud to, 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 to share and, uh, and they really had a ripple effect on, uh, on, on social media with uh, literally thousands and thousands of uh, engagement and, uh, and interactions. And again, as you said, it's, uh, the, the numbers might look small if you are operating in a very high volume, uh, small business space. But if you are operating like us in the world of the largest companies in the world, uh, 75% of the Fortune 100 are our clients. These small numbers actually become extremely meaningful, extremely yeah, meaningful. Of course. And are really showcasing the depth of relationship and, and the intimacy that we have with these clients. And we are very proud to work in partnership side by side with, with each of them. Look, that's a, that's such a great example. I mean, it encompasses multiple different aspects. Uh, there is a lot of there's a number of efficiencies in there. There's uh, there's elements of the best idea winning and then taking a global. Probably there's most likely there's a lot of standardization happening at HQ to kind of to spread this across uh, across the globe. What is your advice to marketers who? Are listening to this and they're like man yeah I, I get this there's there's some multiple factors that I need to take into consideration to get the results that I need to get with tighter budget bu- budgets this year what would be your advice now where do you think they should start and, and what are your thoughts on that front yeah some, some thoughts on, uh, on this first is uh, don't use a tighter budget as an excuse to me it's an opportunity to significantly improve how marketing operates and the impact that we can make on uh, on the business. So, and look throughout my story, I, I always try not to, to to find in marketing in marketing budget or lack restrictions in marketing budget an excuse for doing or not doing things. And by the way, when the right thing, the right idea, is put on the table of uh, the senior business leaders, they are also willing to go the extra mile in, in support, but then needs to be the right idea, looking at the right metrics and, and, and ways to, to, to measure the impact over time. So don't use it as an excuse, but really use it as a, let's use this as, as an opportunity to transform how we do marketing. I think I said at the beginning, focus on outcomes, focus on impact, not on volume and number of activities. It's not about doing more or less, it's about achieving more which can be done with less, absolutely. Double down on customer centricity. Talk to clients, to influencers, to to, to analysts. Uh, Be out in the market. Don't use sales as the filter to tell you what the clients want, uh, what is the right thing to do or or not to do. Have a direct connection with with the clients and with the influencer, with the ecosystem or of influencers that are that are surrounding the clients and to, to really validate your ideas and your approach what can work what are the needs uh, what needs to be done on the growth mindset we we mentioned before learn relearn be curious innovate achieving more with less will require a fresh perspective uh, will require a new ways of working 
and we need to do this at speed and at scale because uh, there is very little patience uh, on uh, on marketing and uh, and everything. Mm, there is a lot of pressure on the business, so we need to do things in a different way, and we need to do it quickly because we need to show results very quickly. So don't be afraid to test a new approach. It's a growth opportunity for individuals, for uh, for teams, for the entire organization. And last but not least, while doing this, never compromise for quality. Again, don't use uh, the need for uh, speed, the need, the, the fact that eventually you might have fewer resources to compromise on quality. If you, if you see that you are starting to compromise on quality, that's really a time to stop and say, okay, I really need to do less because we don't have bandwidth, because we are, we are jeopardizing the quality of our work, of our brand. So always make sure you always have a very, very high benchmark. You always measuring the, yourself and your team and your organization against this very high benchmark and use this is a parameter to understand also if you are doing the right things or not. When uh, quality is, uh, is missing, it's a red alert. It's a red alert. I love that. I also want to get your thoughts on, on this, Luca. Uh, we, uh, b- before we start recording, we were talking about this where it's so important not to listen to the hype that is happening. Previously, it was the great resignation six months ago. Now it's the layoffs and it's real. People are getting laid off and, and it is it is hard. But I'm also interested in, in what your perspective is in terms of what do you think is coming? What do you think the next for in, in especially the tech space? And the marketing space is one of the areas that is that is probably hit the hardest from the layoffs and what is happening. What do you think is coming in the next three to six months? And how, in your opinion, I don't know if you have any thoughts on this, but if you do, I'm curious to hear. What do you think the how how is the landscape, the B two B marketing space landscape, is going to change? Oh, I'm very bad at uh, predicting uh, the the three to six months. So <laughs> I think I want to skip. Uh, uh, to skip this, <coughs> I, I'm slightly a little bit better on uh, uh, longer term uh, trends. I think uh, there are a few things that are uh, that will significantly impact the industry. Generative AI, I think it's uh, it's coming huge. I think it will transform the way we we work. Anything on the content and asset production, anything on the on the messaging, anything also on the um, ideation and uh, creative space. I was talking to uh, one of the leader uh, here, general manager of one of the largest uh, agency this morning, and uh, we're really discussing about this topic, how, how it's, it's really coming, how the disruption of generative AI is coming in the industry, which doesn't mean complete replacement of, of jobs, but it means we will play a different role and we will need to use these tools and we will need to have much more critical thinking to be better than these tools and use them in, in the right way. So I think this is, this is coming for sure. It's coming hard. I don't think it's coming in three to six months, but it, re- it will really transform the industry, not just the marketing functions, but the ecosystem of agencies, big and small. 
And by the way, another thing that has been on the lips and the mouth of uh, everyone in the last uh, 12 months, uh, it's a metaverse. I think, uh, yeah, that it's like uh, AI for the previous uh, 10 years. Yeah, there is this uh, thing called AI, but it's doing nothing for me. In the metaverse, uh, someone is doing some baby step, but I think uh, transformation has yet to come. And again, maybe not in uh, three to six months, but uh, in this space, uh, we will see a lot. We will see a lot. I'm absolutely positive. And it's going to be... And that's the, the, exciting, uh, the, ex- that's the exciting part of being in uh, business-to-business marketing because there are... Or, or marketing in general, not just the business-to-business. Uh, because the, there are ways of transformation that are pushing ourselves professional and leaders to grow, learn, and transform. I love it. I love it. Have you read the State of ABM and APAC report yet? If you have, you'll know that 59% of marketing leaders are intending to increase their ABM investment in the coming year. Even bigger news is 0% of survey respondents are going to decrease their investment. It's an exciting time for ABM in the region. Discover the state of account-based marketing in APAC today. Download the full report at abm.xgrowth.com.au forward slash report. That's abm.xgrowth.com.au forward slash report. Let's do some rapid fire questions before we wrap up and, hey. uh, and we'll, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll go from there. So let me, let me hit you with the first question. What is a resource? It could be a book, a blog, a podcast, whatever it is that comes to mind that has had a very profound impact on you, whether personally, professionally, give me what comes to mind. Even if it's more than one, hit me. I will give you one, but there is uh, no single one. I think uh, if you give me five minutes, we can come up with a list of uh, 20, 50 or uh, or 100. Uh, One of the last one, uh, one of the most recent is uh, a book build by Tony Fadel. Tony is the the guy behind some of the most incredible product launches, iPod, iPhone, Nest. Great book. He has plenty of genuine, authentic lessons for real innovators, either entrepreneurs or intrapreneurs. So highly recommended. I love it. I love it. We'll pull, we'll pull it into the show notes. All right. Question number two. If you could go, give only one advice to B2B marketers, what would it be? Stand up. Earn the trust of a sales leader of the CFO. It's a partnership of, uh, of equals. I get extremely irritated when I hear marketing marketers and marketing leaders uh, saying, what, what's the value of marketing? How do we show the value of marketing? I never been in any conversation when anyone asked, what's the value of the HR? What's the value of the finance function? What's the value of sales? So don't uh, undermine yourself. Eh? But then also, it's up to you to, uh, to build, to, to have the leadership and build credibility, trust uh, with the leaders in the company, which are your peers. Great advice. Question three, who are some of the influencers that you follow in this space? Well, one I just mentioned, Tony Fadel. Another one uh, who I like very much is Adam Grant. He's an organizational psychologist uh, exploring how our mind works. He has a, a lot of a very profound leadership and personal development advice. 
Yeah, Adam Grant had some good, great stuff. Great stuff. Last question is what, and, and I feel like we've already talked about this a little bit, but what is something that excites you about B2B today? Well, on top of what, whatever we said before, I think it's just that it's, uh, it's difficult, it's challenging, and it's really providing the perfect opportunity to blend creativity with uh, data-driven, technology-led innovation. So it's really a wonderful space to be in. I think you you just put it so simply, and uh, and it's it's difficult. It's difficult, but it's rewarding. I love that, it is. Luca. It's been amazing chatting with you. Thank you so much for your time, and thank you for coming on the podcast and sharing all this insight. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Shaheen. It was a it was really a pleasure. Very nice conversation. Thank you. Today's episode of Growth Colony was produced by Alexander Hipwell and Liza Maywald. It was edited by Dave Semedo with additional editing by Liza Maywell and music arrangement by Alexander and Liza. Special thanks to Tina Wabe. We couldn't make the show without you. Growth Colony is hosted by Shaheen Hoda, Director of Growth at Extra. If you enjoy the podcast, please subscribe and give us a rating on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Do you think you'd be a great guest or just keen for a chat? Send through an email at podcast at xgrowth.com.au. That's podcast at xgrowth.com.au. That's all for now. We'll catch you next week right here on Growth Colony.